Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm bestselling author and co-creator of realeverything.com, Stacey Toth. I focus on being healthy inside and out through real life, food, and talk. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times bestselling author and creator of thepaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Welcome back, listeners. You're in what we assume is episode 338 of the Paleo View. (laughs) I looked it up. I looked it up. I am like 99% sure I've got it right. Excellent. Um, Because as a listener, I'm sure it gives you so much faith in our ability to pull extensive scientific research for you when we can't do basic (laughs) math. Just saying. It just proves where our priorities are. That's all. Well... Sarah, we have been getting a ton of engagement on our Celery Juice podcast, so kudos to you for pulling all of that science together um, last week. Listeners, if you missed last week's episode, it is going viral on the internet, so make sure you check it out, and anyone you know that's into juicing or Celery Juice, have them give it a listen. Um, As we said last week, it's not you know that it's terrible for you, it's just that whole vegetables are better for you. Shocker. Um, (laughs) So anyway, last week's show was awesome. And this week's show, um, oh no, I remember where I was going with that. See, I try really hard to build in these bridges and then I get so far down the path, I forget where I'm going. (laughs) But you remember how I said, (laughs) I like made the joke about needing celery juice for energy. Um, Turns out that I had major gluten and I hadn't realized it because remember I'd gotten in on the red eye that morning and it was like a whole big thing. And I was like, Oh, I think it's just jet lag. No, I actually ended up calling the restaurant and a cracker that I thought I asked the waiter. I'm like, you sure this is gluten free? Cause it looked like a matzo cracker and it tasted like a matzo cracker. Um, it was a matzo cracker. Oh no. And so it took me three days of what felt like the flu. Um, I know all people experience different food allergies, different ways, but, um, more than a cross contamination of gluten for me, like actual consuming any sort of, you know, even just a bite of gluten, um, like takes me out physically. I can't think I can't move. Like my body is just like, the muscles and the joints are so fatigued and I cannot imagine living life like that. Like it's, it's always just kind of a reminder for me of how terribly I felt before I was introduced to the paleo real foods lifestyle. Like there are people who are living their life feeling that way on an everyday basis and not realizing how much better they could feel removing their food. So it was a good reminder for me, but it also was like, Oh, a big week of recovery. Um, and then unfortunately we went, um, to a family's house for dinner for the weekend and the family member had been so thoughtful to make what they thought was food that Finn and I could eat. And they, you know, made a dish without tomatoes and, you know, no grains and no potatoes and all these things. And then they forgot that they put crushed red peppers in the food and I took a bite and I'm like, where's this heat coming from? And, um, 
they're like black pepper and i'm like you sure it's just black pepper yeah and i'm like okay you know like you say Ew. so no and um and so now my body's dealing with that so it has been just a week of um inflammation for me <laughs> how are you doing awful i mean I am not going to complain about anything because <laughs> everything I no I've I've just been busy. So I I don't know if our listeners, I don't know if I've really talked about this much, but in uh it'll be I guess like this coming week by the time this podcast airs, um I'm hosting a 3-day long a workshop and retreat at 1440 Multiversity in Santa Cruz County in California. And this is, I've done, you know, full day seminars before, you know, I've done a lot of public speaking. I've never done a three day event like this before. So it's um, starts Friday night, February 15th and goes until lunchtime on Monday, February 18th over it's the over president's day long weekend. And there's an option for people who um, need the Monday as a travel day to only go for two days instead of all three. But it's, it's, I'm, I'm giving 14 and a half hours worth of seminar over the three days. And then it's like interspersed with, um, you know, it's uh, award-winning chef, you know, created meals that he's going to make us a full AIP menu for every meal uh, with bone broth at every meal. And, um, and then there'll be paleo options and then just straight like gluten-free options. So people are bringing their spouses. If their spouse wants something else, they can have something else. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to have these amazing meals all sourced with local ingredients. And then it includes like these, you can just take free meditation classes, Tai Chi, yoga, uh, Qigong, which I, I don't even really know what that is. Um, and then they have four, four miles of trails through an old growth redwood forest that you can hike. And so it's just going to be like a really, I think, amazing weekend with this wonderful combination of um, I'm putting together these seminars that are I'm trying to like I'm trying to to create a program that will be full of brand new exciting stuff for the person who's read all of my books and has taken the AIP lecture series and has seen me talk at paleo effects and sort of feels like they know everything I have to say I've got new things to say guys and then also still bring in the person who is completely new to paleo or AIP and is using the workshop as an opportunity to learn and start their health journey. So I'm trying to bridge that gap between, you know, I know I've got some healthcare professionals who are, are wanting to come and, you know, trying to figure out if they can get continuing medical education credits for it, which they can't, but it's nice that they're trying. Um, and then also, right, this, this very diverse sort of audience. So it's kind of a fun challenge to try and meet all of those people where they are and bring everyone onto the same page. Um, but it's, it's a ton of work to prepare. So I have just been basically eyeball deep in PowerPoint slides for two weeks and I'm not where I would like to be uh, a week and a half out from the workshop, but it's fine. It will all get done because magic always happens and it always does. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's, I've just been buried in work, but um, that's, that's kind of my, my normal. It's a good thing that I was on mute. Cause I had this like really dry coughing attack that sounded a lot like overachiever the whole time <laughs> that you were talking. And I just, I didn't want to interrupt. So it's a good thing. It's on mute there. Are, are you saying that you might want to come to my workshop? 
honestly, I have heard great things about that campus um, and all the different speaking events and activities that go on there. So I will enjoy hearing your recap, but it would take a lot of money to get me to fly again right now. (laughs) You've done so much traveling. I really am enjoying sleeping in my own bed and drinking broth, and I'm afraid of eating out, if I'm going to be honest. So I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time. I can't wait to hear about it. But I did want to tell you about an email that I got before we jump into the show. Do we have time? Uh, Always. Okay. So um, as you know, we like to share positive stories or comments or reviews that we got. And so this is an email that just came in this week, and I just wanted to share it with you and our listeners. Um, Hi, Stacey. I'm binge listening to yours and Sarah's podcast, which I know you're sorry. (laughs) I'm at the episode where you introduce realeverything.com and you just gave your email address out. So sidebar, that's like two, two and a half years ago, I'm pretty sure. Like Jessica will have to tell us maybe, but that's like a long time ago. So she's, (laughs) she's really digging deep into the archives. It's cool that it's still your email address. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) And so that prompted me to just send you an email, which is a long time coming. I want to say thank you so much for the podcast. It has changed my life in so many ways. I've been on and off paleo for probably about like eight years now. But as I start to learn more of the science, I just find that I'm making better decisions and really allowing this to be a lifestyle and not just something I half-heartedly do some of the time. I know Sarah would be really happy to hear that. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, I could say so much, but I really just wanted to say thank you and let you know that what you guys do really does make a huge difference in people's lives and in their health and therefore in living a longer and more fulfilling life. And so I can't thank you enough. Literally in all of my spare time, I'm listening to the podcast because I just want to absorb as much information as possible. And you guys are so thoroughly entertaining that I can think of no better way to spend my free time. I wish you and your family the best of luck in everything you do, Jessica. That is so sweet. And at this rate, Jessica will hear it in about three more months. (laughs) (laughs) I... You know what? Like, here's the thing is after eight and a half years of doing this, you know, we get wonderful comments and feedback and support from listeners and readers and, you know, all of these things. But it's the negativity that stands out. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, no matter who you are and no matter how much you say to yourself, like, that's that person's problem. It's not my problem. And I'm focused on positivity and helping people, you still hear it and it still affects you in a negative way. And so I, there were so many things about what Jessica said that was so kind and generous and thoughtful. And to say that we're making it a huge difference in people's lives and in their health and, you know, all of those things, it's like, thank you for the reminder, Jessica. And, um, it is worth all of the negativity and all of the stress and all of the being buried in work and all the late days for me when I work a full-time job and then I do this and blah, 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 and, you know, work in the family. So it just thank you so much for taking the time to send that in. It means so much to us. Very, very much. Um, I, what you said about negativity, I think is it's worth um, emphasizing for a second, because I think one of the things that's happened, it's, I've seen this transition sort of gradually on the internet over the last few years, 
where it's become a place where people really have permission to be, um, you know, it's, I guess their worst selves, right? Like, um, that's a good word for it. I was, I had a four letter word that wasn't going to (laughs) work. No, I think, um, and not that we all don't have moments where we're not awesome people, right? Like, I don't want to say that I'm always like cool and respectful on the internet because I've definitely made mistakes and said things that were, or typed things that were not respectful. But I try very, very hard at all times to engage in a respectful and positive way. And when things are overtly negative, I don't engage. So people will know on my social media, if if you're really negative, if you're um, being abusive and trolling and you're uh, being vulgar, I may block you, but I really do very strongly believe in freedom of speech. So I, I only do that in the, in the worst cases. And otherwise, I just let you have a bad day and I leave it there. But I read it and it really upsets me. And I can read a hundred wonderful comments like Jessica's and then read the one really negative comment. And it will, it will have a hold that all of that positive stuff can't wipe away. And unfortunately, that's just the way the internet is these days. And we have created these wonderful platforms where we communicate via the internet. And as Jessica said, you know, making a huge difference in people's lives. And I still... I still feel that mission and still feel that responsibility, but it's just so, so, so appreciated to have somebody take the time to just purely express that and purely express that um, in a positive way and, and to feel appreciated. Like that is something that means so much to me personally. And it's something that, um, you know, fortunately I, I, I've been doing a lot more events and a lot more public speaking. And I always take those opportunities as times to sort of refill my like motivation reservoir because I get these kind of in-person interactions with people. But when we can get these types of comments and um, emails in between, it's really something that helps. um, It helps me remember that what I'm doing is important when I'm feeling up to my eyeballs and work. And when I can keep that perspective of this is going to help people, it really does make it feel worthwhile. So all that to say to our listeners, I encourage you to at all times try to be your best self, uh, even when you can hide behind the veil of anonymity on the internet. And also, um, you know, I, I really truly appreciate all of I mean, it's it's not just Jessica's email, but every time you guys reach out to say something positive, um, it's always very much appreciated. Well said. I think the other thing, too, is if you're on the receiving end of that, because I see it on like personal Facebook pages and, you know, political climate is so tense and polarizing mm-hmm. and, you know, people who are your friends will say things that they would never say to your face. And so it's just always a good idea to, if you're filled with passion when you're writing something, like draft it, walk away and come back or whatever. Right? sure. Yeah. I, I also have said things that, you know, I wished that I hadn't. And so it's taken me time to realize, you know what, I'm just going to draft that and I'm going to put that over here and I'll come back to it the next day. And usually by the next day, I'm like, there's no good is going to come of me saying whatever this is. So nevertheless, hopefully that's, you know, uh, a helpful thing to point out for everybody, but also in the spirit of, you know, my New Year's resolutions and thinking positively and, and all of that kind of stuff. It's just 
Wonderful to hear. So thank you, Jessica. But do we have a show topic? Because I feel like maybe we've just been blabbering <laughs> for a while. <laughs> we do have a show topic, and I, I don't know what our transition is. Um, so I think we should just have an abrupt transition and just dive in. I've done, um, I mean, I feel like I offered enough transitions earlier that people are ready now. Like they're ready to jump in. They must be clearly. <laughs> now we had a really fascinating question from Megan. And I, when I mentioned uh, to one of my team members today that this was the question that we were going to um, tackle for the podcast, she went, Oh, I'm so glad because it was a question that she had. So I felt like, Oh, this is, you know how sometimes when you when you have been part of this world for so long, you forget when you first heard all of these words and you forget what it felt like to not understand what the difference was. So when you know, when I saw this question, I was like, yeah, I bet this is a question that a lot of people have. So this is a question from Megan, and I'm just gonna jump in and read it. Megan writes, what is the difference between integrative medicine, functional medicine, and naturopathic medicine. And this is somewhat rhetorical, but why are none of them covered by conventional medical insurance? I am researching alternative medical providers in my area, and since none are covered by insurance, I would like to get as much bang for the buck as possible. Any clarification would be appreciated. Also, in my search for alternative care, I found several providers offering a Zyto advanced scan using Zyto technology. To put it in a term I have heard Stacy use, is this woo-woo? <laughs> I have a lot of terms. I, I need like a glossary of weird things Stacy says. <laughs> um, I, I, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure I've used the term woo-woo plenty of times. So I don't know why you get credit for this word, Stacy. Come on, man. You got to give me a little credit sometimes. Like, <laughs> it's not often I come up with the good stuff. Just it's, give it's, me a nugget. <laughs> all right. You can have woo-woo, but I, I will uh, credit you with the term woo-woo while still adopting it in my own lexicon because it's the perfect term. And when you use the phrase, I'm going to add woo-woo to my lexicon, <laughs> you probably just lost the privilege of throwing that term out there. Like it's it's you know, a little ironic. Speaking of which, complete sidebar before we answer this wonderful question from Megan. Um, if you have not yet, please go watch the James Corbin, Alanis Morissette updated ironic video on YouTube. Like just not while you're is driving. Carpool karaoke video? It, so or it's it not like a... carpool karaoke. It's like on his stage and they do a song together called isn't it ironic but it's like updated with 2018 perplexities <laughs> or 2019 did, i guess but did yeah you see his uh this is again a complete tangent but did you see his rendition of baby shark no now i'm gonna i will <laughs> youtube it need, as soon as we're need, done yeah yeah it's i uh, love him i think he's so yeah. funny um he's so talented too. okay anyway we're just complete That's, apologies megan i'm taking yeah. away from your wonderful that question a, that went on a wacky tangent. Well, really um, what I'm doing is deflecting from the fact that I don't even know that I'm sure the answers <laughs> to these questions. No, that's not true. But um, so I will say before we just make assumptions that things are not covered by insurance, one of the wonderful things that I have learned over the past years is that there's all kinds of flexible medical insurance plans that you can have with a regular employer where um, you're paying into essentially a deductible account that um, you can use with 
any medical professional. And you can use that stuff, for example, like if you have um, an FSA account, you can use that on sunblock, like it's and breast pumps and naturopathic doctors, you know, like there's, there's a whole lot of things that you can do to save yourself money. And that stuff will get debited out of your paycheck and put into a special account and it'll feel just like an insurance payment as well. So definitely look into some of the options that your insurance provider has, um, because while they may not be a copay up front, there are a lot of options to make seeing medical professionals of an alternative sort more affordable. There is also a new health insurance called New Health, but K-N-E-W, New Health, that is, um, it's just getting off the ground now, but its whole, um, it's, its whole mission is to make sort of functional, integrative, alternative, complementary medicine, uh, something that's covered. So their, their whole thing is like true preventative care where you do sort of root cause. And we'll talk about, again, the differences and what these different terms mean. But um, they're definitely worth checking out. So that's K-N-E-W-Health.com. And they have, um, they have pretty affordable plans that I think you can use as secondary insurance to help cover some of this expense. So um, that's also... Just, just a plug for, for them because I, I know um, that's been something that they have been working on uh, launching for years and it's it's just finally here. So that's also like a very cool thing. Interesting. All right. Give us the break it yeah. down. Okay. So um, integrative, let's start with integrative medicine. Uh, so integrative medicine is, uh, it's a term that is being uh, usurped in some ways, but what it technically refers to is a, a additional certification through like the American Board of Physician Specialties. So it's like a specialty for a medical doctor, for an MD in their training that uh, is uh, a little bit different than say being an internist or a, a family physician. The idea behind integrative medicine is that it uh, is a more holistic approach to medicine. So it really affirms the importance of the relationship between the practitioner and the patient. The idea is to focus on the whole person, uh, to include things like diet and lifestyle, um, to really look at not just uh, healing, but well-being. But with the caveat of what complementary and alternative medical therapies are integrated into the practice are only those for which there is high quality scientific evidence of both safety and efficacy. So an integrative medicine specialist will take typically more time with you. They will practice more true preventative care and not just be an interventionist. And they might use some things like acupuncture or yoga classes or massage. They'll incorporate some of these um, what are typically considered sort of alternative health or um, complementary therapies. They will incorporate that into their practice as well as things like nutrition, um, lifestyle. They'll incorporate all of those different ideas as part of their treating you as a whole person. Um, so it's it's a different sort of practice. My um, doctor here started with doing integrative medicine 
uh, certifications. So that was his beginning into, he now calls himself a functional medicine specialist, which we'll talk about. But generally, integrative medicine specialists are MDs who have taken this additional training uh, in order to have a certification in integrative medicine. And that basically gives them this sort of broader education into these complementary alternative therapies that actually have some scientific validity. And also, they, right, they understand nutrition a bit better than a, a typical MD. Now, I said that the term is starting to be um, misused and it's starting to be uh, used by other kinds of healthcare professionals. So other kinds of healthcare professionals are kind of latching, latching onto the term integrative. So you might see um, an ad for a healthcare provider practice near you where it says, we, you know, blah, 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 integrative health. And they mean that they have um, different types of practitioners in a practice. So they're integrating different specialties. So they might have a chiropractor and a naturopath and um, a you know, yoga teacher and an esthetician. And right, they might have, it might be kind of a, a strange sort of eclectic mix of practitioners. That's different than an integrative medicine doctor. So an integrative medicine doctor is an MD with this additional training. So uh, there is sort of this word of caution as you're researching healthcare providers. If you decide after listening to this podcast that the person you want to look for is an integrative medicine specialist or an integrative medicine doctor, um, you do need to look at the acronyms at the end of their names and make sure there's an MD. Unless you're looking for somebody that is one of these other specialties. So functional medicine is an additional training, and there's a couple of different, right, there's the Institute for Functional Medicine, but there's a couple of different uh, institutes like that that offer additional training to become a functional medicine practitioner, but they're not limited to just uh, medical doctors. So uh, chiropractors, osteopathic doctors, uh, naturopathic doctors, physical therapists, nutritionists, um, a lot of different base licenses. Uh, sometimes, uh, depending on the state that you live in, uh, acupuncture can qualify sometimes. So depending on where you live and which program you're going through, you can take these functional medicine programs with a variety of different base training. So think of being a medical doctor versus a chiropractor versus a physical therapist, they all went to school. They all went to school for a very long time in very competitive programs and learned a whole lot. But what they learned was different and, and what their scope of practice is, is different. And they can all then become functional medicine specialists and apply functional medicine um, uh, sort of approaches within their scope of practice. So that means that a functional medicine MD can do different things than a functional medicine chiropractor or a functional medicine naturopathic doctor because they're adding the idea of functional medicine on top of uh, what they sort of already have a license to practice. Functional medicine itself is very similar in philosophy to integrative medicine, but it um, really, I think it boils down to integrative medicine is is sort of treating the whole person. Functional medicine is finding the root cause, um, and that is that is sort of how I would differentiate them. And there's many times where, in practice, that would look the same. But functional medicine is much more looking at different biological systems in the body and trying to identify and understand what is 
underlying uh, diseases. So what is what is the the thing that is responsible for all of the things that are going, or maybe it's mul- multiple things. Maybe you've got uh, a parasite and your adrenals are shot, right? And you have a, a viral infection and an autoimmune disease, right? But their whole idea is to try to explain all of the things going on with you and treat it at the root. So rather than giving you a drug that would mask symptoms, which um, for especially for autoimmune disease, but for many diseases uh, is what you would get from a conventional doctor, a functional medicine specialist is really interested in trying to finger, figure out what is behind all of the things that your health challenges are. So a functional medicine specialist can be an MD, but is not necessarily an MD. And there's a really a, a sort of growing number of people that identify as functional medicine specialists. Now, I said my doctor started out, he's an MD, he started out by doing integrative medicine uh, as a specialty. He actually started off as an emergency room doctor and then decided to take the additional certifications to become an integrative medicine doctor as well, and then did a uh, action anti-aging um uh, additional certification, which is very similar to functional medicine, and then did functional medicine. So he's he's somebody who has done a lot of additional training af- ab- above and beyond what a doctor does need to do to maintain their license in order to get to a point where he can do all of these things, right? Treat root causes, um, uh, treat the whole patient, um, and really sort of dig deep. He takes a lot of time. You know, when I go in for appointments, even as follow-up appointments, they're typically an hour. And that's a very, very different model than a typical healthcare provider who is sort of trapped in the insurance system. So the other thing is my doctor, um, some things are covered by insurance. So like blood work, for example, is typically covered by insurance, but the actual appointments are not. And it's so that he isn't limited um, by an insurance company. He doesn't have an insurance company telling him what he can do. So wherever an insurance company would have a say in what he's allowed to prescribe or not prescribe, he doesn't take insurance and where he can put something through insurance, he does. And that that sort of hybrid model is fairly common with integrative and functional medicine specialists. Now, a naturopathic doctor is a different type of training. So I, I would actually say it's probably worthwhile taking a step back and sort of saying, so medical doctors would also be called allopathic medicine um, that, or we, we call that conventional medicine. So that is the doctors that you see uh, working in a hospital, uh, a typical family practice, right? Um, if you, uh, you know, had to go to the emergency room for some reason, you would see a medical doctor, right? An MD. They um, go to medical school for a very long time. Then they do an internship and residency to specialize in whatever subfield they're going to specialize in. So uh, most of us are familiar with a medical doctor. A naturopathic doctor actually does a fairly similar training, but at a separate, um, it's separate programs. So they would, a naturopathic doctor, depending on the school they go to, would still learn a lot of the same anatomy and physiology. They still would do things like an internship and a residency. But naturopathic medicine has a fairly different philosophy to allopathic medicine. So conventional medicine uh, is very focused on uh, diagnosis and treatment. So diagnosing what 
condition or disease you have and treating it either pharmaceutically or uh, surgically is typically the, the conventional medical model. And it's one of the reasons why we're so frustrated with the conventional medical model is because there's this whole other side to things of nutrition and lifestyle and understanding the gut microbiome and hormone regulation beyond um, only seeing an endocrinologist when we have, you know, horrible problems with our hormones, but there's things that we can do before it gets to be that bad, right? That's where an integrative and functional medicine specialist is very, very helpful because they take into account all of that. A naturopathic uh, doctor or naturopathic medicine doctor, that philosophy is much more centered on, uh, uh, I would say, uh, using the power of nature. That's where the word naturopathic comes from. And in supporting the body's inherent ability to heal. So it's very much about um, finding ways that are not necessarily pharmaceutical to get a body to heal. So a naturopathic doctor is much more limited in, for example, what types of drugs that they can prescribe compared to a medical doctor. Again, it sort of depends state by state. Um, they can order a lot of the same tests, but may do some other tests. They will probably do a wide range of different types of therapies. So where an integrative medicine specialist will take the alternative therapies that have some good science to support their validity, um, you may find with naturopathic doctors that they're using a lot of alternative testing and alternative treatments that are not strongly supported by science. And this, again, um, with naturopathic doctors, part of this is it comes from the, their training and, and the overall arching philosophy. Um, and, there, and there are some naturopathic doctors out there that are amazing and are more, they do this different training, but they're actually much closer to integrative medicine practitioners. And we're seeing that more and more commonly um, but just as a sort of heads up that, that the, um, requirement for scientific evidence before using a treatment is not built into that training the same way it is into a, um, sort of a, a standard medical degree. So for example, the Zyto advanced scan, um, <laughs> that was mentioned, um, Hey Stacy, you know what that is? Is that woo-woo? It's woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, the idea is that it, it measures the uh, electrical resistance in your skin to different, um, to different uh, stimuli and that this computer is like so smart that it can interpret those stimuli to decide basically what medications and supplements are good for you. And this machine is, is sold generally to natu- naturopathic doctors, but you might find some chiropractors uh, with it. Again, these are, um, you know, chiropractors also go to school for, for a long time, but there's again um, a uh, sort of subset of chiropractors that because uh, chiropractic adjustments themselves have great science behind it. Then there's the additional things that chiropractors will do. And some of them are sort of some from chiropractors this. can do. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, so some of them are taking from the naturopathic traditional naturopathic schools of thought and are doing things like 
muscle testing and Zyto advanced scans. And then some of them are taking more from the integrative and functional medicine train of thought where they're doing hormone testing and gut microbiome testing and looking right there, they're uh, and doing nutrition testing. And so again, I, we're going to get to what to ask when you are interviewing a medical professional to figure out if they're the right fit for you. But with really with all medical professionals, there is a range of quality within every single certification. And there's certain certifications where that range is a little bit greater and where the ones that are amazing are super amazing. And the ones that are the opposite of amazing are, are really not, I'm trying to find ways to be diplomatic. Um, so the, as we're, as we're in the, the woo woo of the Zyto advanced scan, um, this machine is marketed to alternative healthcare providers. And, um, if you're an alternative healthcare provider, you can get it and you can plug in the different supplements and, and medications that you carry in your practice. And it will only recommend from that subset of supplements to your patients. So it's basically a, a machine that, that tells you what, what supplements you should buy from your, from your, from your doctor. Um, and there's zero science, there's zero science behind it. It has never been tested in any kind of uh, peer reviewed study, um, there are doctors who have written articles about it saying, like, I did it on the same patient three times and it got, gave me three completely different answers. So it is completely woo-woo. Um, and it's, I mean, it's by far not the only thing that you might find advertised on a website for, I mean, even a, a functional medicine practice um, and, and potentially even an integrative medicine, depending on whether or not people are using those labels because they've earned them or if they're because they're trying to get your your dollar right they're trying to get you in the door so unfortunately because these types of words have become such buzzwords um they're being used in advertising for a wide range of different types of um healthcare providers and they're not all going to be healthcare providers that are going to be a good fit for each person that are going to, to do the right tests, the tests that you need, um, or provide you with the answers that, that you're looking for. So generally, um, I mean, I, I certainly, um, think that, uh, I, I would never say that the only functional medicine or integrative medicine practitioner worth seeing is an MD. There's advantages to seeing an MD because they have the ability to prescribe uh, pharmaceuticals in addition to supplements or botanicals with some good scientific backing behind them. But a naturopathic doctor is, you know, they tend to also have, like, I would look for a naturopathic doctor that also has the functional medicine training who is taking a functional approach, who is doing things like hormone testing and, um, uh, you know, you could do things like neurotransmitter testing, um, looking at nutrient status, right? There's a lot of really handy tests that have a lot of good science to, to support the validity of the test itself, as well as the action that would be taken based on the results. So I definitely recommend going in, um, 
asking what types of, you know, you can go in on these, these initial meetings and you can sort of say like, Hey, um, what, you know, what's your philosophy, right? And find out if they talk about um, root cause, right? Or a whole person, right? Those are, those are great approaches. And, um, and definitely you want a doctor who you're going to feel like you have a rapport with. Um, ask them if they have any experience treating your condition or diagnosing other people with similar symptoms. Um, definitely ask them what, how much they charge, uh, whether or not any part of what they do is covered by insurance, um, or if there's a way you could get certain tests ordered by your regular doctor and bring the results into them to save some money on some of those tests. If they're, uh, if you're talking about um, a practitioner who can't order tests, but is going to have a really great approach for you, maybe you can still bring them in, you know, test results that you've done from somewhere else. Um, ask what their first line treatment options are. So what, you know, what, where do they go for? Do they go for dietary changes and lifestyle changes first? Do they use herbals and botanicals? If they do use herbals and botanicals, um, that's definitely worth whatever they're going to recommend, having a look and seeing if there's science behind it. And generally you can find out, uh, with Dr. Google, although definitely it's, it's some of the articles that you might find on the internet can be very misleading, but, you know, read up about it. And if you have questions, go back and ask them, uh, do they do things like hormone replacement? Do they use prescription medicines? Do they use nutritional supplementation? Um, do they do other alternative therapies like chiropractic adjustments or acupuncture, uh, or reflexology or meditation, right? There's, there's all kinds of other things that might be incorporated, um, ask them if what types of laboratory studies uh, that they might use. So are they going to do things like blood tests, saliva tests, stool tests, urine tests, right? Those are generally the ones that are going to have a lot of really good science. Um, or are they going to do things that are generally the non-interventional tests? So things like muscle testing don't have good science to support um, the validity of results. Um, I have met practitioners who, um, you know, say, well, I know this person who, who does muscle testing and they're, they're amazing. Um, I just know that when I've read studies, the studies have shown that muscle testing is about as accurate as a guess. So, um, that doesn't mean that there aren't practitioners who haven't figured out how to do that technique perfectly, but I cannot point to scientific validity behind it because it obviously, if it, if it is, does have some scientific validity when done right, it's obviously not done right enough to be able to be, um, proven in a scientific study. Um, I would just say like, you're giving a lot of specifics, but for those of you who speak woo woo, uh what you're looking for is for your spidey sense to be tingling. If someone, here's my personal experience, and I'm sure we've all been there, right? Is you feel like something is just a little like, uh, I don't know about this, but then you know for sure when the recommendation is, and it's these things that I sell right here that you can't get anywhere else. And I, that's not to say that that's the only situation, right? Like you're giving a lot of different scenarios, but when you were talking earlier about, you know, the herbs and botanicals, I think it's, 
I've seen two different approaches when I hear from people a lot of the time, like, you know, the person, the medical professional that I'm working with wants me to prioritize different nutrition choices and these particular herbs and botanicals because blah, 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 versus I'm taking this particular pill from this particular person. And that's just always kind of a red flag for me, like in terms of where their intentions might be. And Mm -hmm. that's, I, I, you know, I say this because I know we have a lot of different practitioners from, um, all different kinds of walks of life. And I do, I don't want to infer that anyone is intentionally taking advantage of someone who doesn't have those intentions, but we would be naive if we didn't say that they existed. Right. And so right. we have to be our own best advocates and we have to listen carefully and we have to ask all the questions that you're talking about, but we also have to be just kind of thoughtful and understanding that, I think what a lot of people forget about doctors is that you are paying for a service the same way that you are paying for a service in any other capacity, a waitress at a restaurant, (laughs) you know, like you could decide that that waitress is not the right one for you, but you still want to eat at that restaurant. Or you could decide that that restaurant has given you gluten three times and you're not going back, you know? So I, I, I think people get nervous when talking to doctors, either embarrassed or, um, you know, they have health issues that they're uncomfortable talking about because it is, it can be stressful and, you know, you're, you want the best for yourself and you're putting yourself out there to someone else. And so oftentimes, and I know that this happened to me, especially before I was a mom, when I was pregnant with Cole, I got railroaded into so many medical decisions that I would never make today because I let someone tell me certain things that weren't true. And this is in a complete medical environment. So now I'm not even talking about a naturopath, right? But I had a doctor who told me that my child wouldn't fit through my vaginal canal because I was too overweight and that they needed to schedule a C-section. And the truth of it was they were going on vacation two weeks later and they just didn't want to be inconvenienced. And so they used things that hurt my feelings or that I was sensitive about against me in order to make this case. Now, they would probably tell you that they genuinely were concerned for the health of the baby and that they were making the best choices they could and blah, blah, blah. But my spidey sense tingled when that decision was made and I didn't do anything about it because I was like, well, they're the doctor, they know. Mm -hmm. And what I think Sarah's trying to teach you to do is just because someone says that they're the doctor or the medical professional or the chiropractic or the naturopath or, you know, whatever it is that they say they are, doesn't mean that it's the right fit for you. And just because that person has a recommendation doesn't mean that you can't talk to somebody else or go to somebody else or get a different opinion or ask them what information they have to substantiate the decision that they're suggesting you make. So I think it just, it all, this is just a soapbox to say, like, we just have to be our own advocates, no matter what environment it is, MD, non-MD, naturopath, not naturopath, right? Like this isn't a judgment on one over the other, or whatever. It's just that right. there are good eggs and bad eggs in every scenario that you're going to go into. For sure. And that's one of the things that I thank you for emphasizing that. I don't want to say uh, just because the naturopathic philosophy isn't uh, the same as, right? Great example. Let's actually take a step backwards. Uh, Chiropractic 
and osteopathic are basically the same thing, right? They're, it's uh, basically about a skeletal alignment. And when you have skeletal alignment, you relieve pressure off the nerves so the nerves can fire, which then causes muscles to relax and activates the parasympathetic uh, nervous system, which is generally anti-inflammatory and calming, and there's all of these downstream effects. And both a chiropractic doctor and an osteopathic doctor, they both do adjustments. They both have a, basically the same training, but an osteopathic doctor goes to medical school, right? They, they become an MD, and a chiropractic doctor becomes a DC, right? A doctor of chiropractic. They go to a different, they go to a chiropractic school and they have a slightly different program. An osteopathic doctor, because they're an MD, can prescribe medication and a chiropractor can't. But their training is basically, it's very, very similar. And how they're going to treat you is very, very similar. And so you can expand that outwards to other different types of certification. You can get um, amazing um, sort of treatments that are along these same lines from a physical therapist, depending on what additional, you know, specialties that physical therapist has developed over the years. A a naturopathic doctor can be an amazing ally um, and be, you know, a really insightful healthcare professional. And an MD can be uh, pointless, right? Like it, I I don't want to be, I don't want to say that one particular training is better than another within all of them. It really comes down to does this person uh, fit? Does their philosophy fit what you need? Are they going to actually help you? And I, I personally put a lot of stock into does this person care about scientific evidence for what they're doing? Like that to me is also a very, very important question. And I do not want to work with a doctor who doesn't value, you know, scientific evidence before trying a treatment or a diagnostic tool. And I think that probably our listeners, given that they enjoy us nerding out, are probably similar. So that's that's where I would ask questions when I'm talking to to a healthcare provider. I I want to know, hey. You know, I'll have you read this study of this, this, this? I mean, I, I get nerdy anyways, so that's just kind of fun for me. But I think a a good healthcare provider will engage in your conversation, will be interested in the research that you've done before your appoint, appointment. Um, they will appreciate you having an open mind and deferring to them as the expert, but they will have a conversation with you so that you feel like you're being respected and that you're getting personalized care. And that's really, at the end of the day, what it's all about. Boom. Mic drop. Did we just confuse everybody about what these different healthcare professionals do? Or did we, like, make it simpler? (laughs) So the only one that I would like you to mention briefly is a nurse practitioner. Mm. Because I think this can be really useful for a lot of families. Yeah. So a nurse practitioner is kind of like this step in between being a registered nurse and being a, like a family physician. So nurse practitioners, uh, they can do some diagnostics, they can do some prescriptions, and it's very, very common to have nurse practitioners in uh, practices. So for example, there's a couple of nurse practitioners 
in the pediatric practice that um, our, our kids see those doctors. And the nurse practitioners will get a lot of the, you know, like strep swab. Yep, you got, <laughs> you've got strep. Here's your antibiotics. So they get a lot of the more, the simpler stuff um, to do, which really just helps, um, it really just helps sort of alleviate the pressure on all of the doctors in that practice so that they can deal with some of the more complicated stuff when somebody's coming in just because they're sick. And if it's not super straightforward, okay, we'll, we'll see this doctor. So a nurse practitioner has more training than a registered nurse, less training than a, a medical doctor. And they can do some stuff that a registered nurse can't, and they can't do some stuff that it, than a, a doctor can. But they're definitely, um, you know, they, they do, a, I mean, registered nurses also have a very rigorous a training program. They learn a lot and they have to do a lot of uh, pr in, like intern type hours before they can do their tests and maintain, they have to maintain their license and right that they're, they're, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, and so a nurse practitioner has even an even more rigorous training above and beyond what a registered nurse does. I think of them kind of like a midwife. Like they're, they're that in between. And I have personally found that nurse practitioners are usually the ones that have more practical experience mm -hmm. that can talk to you about some of the lifestyle things or food or allergens or those kinds of things. I know we actually have a nurse practitioner that lives in our neighborhood and she's the one that everybody goes to for like pandas diagnosis um, and different kinds of things like that because she has more experience with it and she can run those tests and she can give medicine and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, if you are in, let's say you're in a military family and your healthcare options are limited um, or, you know, you're on a super tight budget and you have you know, a limited range of healthcare options, look for individuals like that. You can call around to different practices and see, um, you know, if someone in that office has integrative experience or if there's a nurse practitioner that you could see. And, um, and if you're going to OBGYN, I would highly suggest trying to see a midwife who is often covered by insurance mm -hmm. as well. You know, there's these kind of in-between roles where I think people just have a little more a time, right? Like their, their schedules yeah. aren't as packed, which allows them to have a little more conversation and a little more practical life experience. And that's usually what you need from someone is that someone right. you can talk to or, you know, Oh, just having, I, I really think that's, that's to me, that's the biggest, the biggest deal between the difference between if I say, uh, know that I need a prescription for something and I'm just going to the walk-in clinic to get that prescription versus doing preventative care with my doctor. The difference is the time investment and the relationship that that builds. When you really feel like you're getting to know your healthcare provider and that trust that you build over time, um, it, I think that is the most valuable part of finding whether it's a conventional practitioner who is um, adding this type of training to their base training or an alternative practitioner who is uh, taking this more scientific approach to a holistic you know, practice, whichever way you go, it's that relationship that actually is the thing that makes the biggest difference. The one thing that I want to add, because this is the question that 
I get all the time after discussing something like this, and I'm sure Sarah is the same thing for you, is to say that I am not comfortable sharing the medical professionals that my family sees. First and foremost, because we don't seek out the particular functional medicine doctors that a lot of people are looking for. Um, we see more traditional that are within that nurse pr- practitioner family that I just discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know a lot of people who listen to the show are going to ask, I'm local. Can you tell me who you see? And my answer is I'm not comfortable sharing that information. Um, but what I will say is that there are wonderful online communities wherever you live of people who live holistic lifestyles. And I don't know what that looks like where you are, but there's a Facebook group where I am called Holistic Nova, Northern Virginia. And there are thousands of people in that group that share their experiences with all different kinds of um, medical professionals and um people who will do varieties of tests that are needed and all that kind of stuff. So I am confident that, you know, unless you're in a rural area where there's two people who live in your town, um, that you can also find something like that. And I know, Sarah, you have shared your medical information previously. So I don't know if we want to put that in the show notes or how we want to handle that. But um, I just want to put that out there because I know that we get that question a lot. Yeah, I would say if you're interested, if you live in the Atlanta area and you're interested in knowing who I see, because I I do see a a functional medicine specialist I have no qualms in recommending, um, just um, message me on Instagram and I'll, I'll share his information with you. There you have it. You can find The Paleo Mom on Instagram or thepaleomom.com. You can find our website at realeverything.com. Thank you listeners so much for tuning in. We hope the show was helpful. And if it was, letting us know in social media and reviewing it gives us not just warm fuzzies, but also helps us reach a broader audience so that we can make a positive impact in other people's lives. So we appreciate your support and encouragement and hope that you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. I have the file open. You'd be so proud of me, Sarah. I started on time. I have the file open. Um, that's it. I mean, that's, like- that's all I can offer. But I had those things. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.